Welcome to the Dog Training Audio Experience. I'm your host, Erica Gonzalez. I'm a certified dog trainer and behavior consultant and founder of From Dust Till Dog LLC. Now let's get into the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I first want to say it's now March 31st when I'm recording this and For anyone listening in the near future, I just want to say that you are not alone. We are all in this together, this crazy pandemic, this quarantine time, isolation, social distancing. It's all so weird, right? But on a positive note, we're getting to spend a little bit more time with our dogs and maybe also appreciate some of their behaviors right? So we are, some of us uh, may be cooped up in the house for a little longer than normal. And you're starting to realize maybe you're going a little stir crazy or you're a little bored or you wish you could leave the house to go do stuff. And that's kind of how our dogs feel on a regular basis. Most dogs anyway, when we are out at work and busy and when we were able to go out and about more often as normal, it definitely can take a toll on our dogs. So we're spending more time with our dogs, but we're also kind of experiencing in a way what dogs experience all of the time. So despite all the craziness, despite all of the sad things going on, I wanted to take a moment to put out this quick podcast to provide value for people at home or not, um, just to take a break and basically be able to help their dogs a little further. So to everyone, either personally affected by this, financially affected by this, um, work-wise, home-wise, health-wise, in any way, I just want to say I love you all and I'm sure we are going to get past this and we are all in this together. And I think that there is some comfort in knowing that. Despite all this stuff going on with social distancing, the pandemic, everybody being in isolation, I know you all have time to train your dogs, much more time than we ever did before. So if you want to work with us, check out our virtual training programs. This means you can receive a detailed training program at a much more affordable rate. Go to our website from dustilldog.com slash virtual sessions for more information. No matter where you are located, no matter your time zone, we can give you one-on-one coaching. Okay, so let's jump into today's topic. I want to talk about expectations. We all have them, right? Uh, Not only in our lives, but obviously this podcast is about dogs. So when we have expectations with our dogs and with training, are they realistic? I hear a lot of people tell me in confidence that their dogs are stubborn, hard-headed, or spiteful. I pose this question. Is it our dogs or are we the stubborn ones with the thick skulls? As an example, so many people think their dogs aren't coming when called because they, quote, don't listen. When in reality, it's kind of our fault. (laughs) I'm going to keep coming when called as our basic example to elaborate on this point. 
A lot of people will tell me that their dogs are not coming when called and that they know to come when called, but they're just not because they're dumb or stubborn or they don't listen and they want to fix it. And then I will ask them, okay, we will definitely work on that. Can you elaborate for me on how you've trained your dog to know what come means or whatever cue they're using, how their dogs know to come when called? And I have yet, over the years doing this professionally, have yet heard somebody respond with a clear training plan that they have met, that they have practiced, and that they have committed to. So that being said, most people will take a moment to think about that when I ask them, and then they will respond usually with some some form of, I don't know, I just kind of say it, or I said it a few times and they've, they did come, and now they're not, or he decides when he's going to come. And, you know, I'll kind of make them laugh right after because I'll say something like, well, you know, to make you feel better, if dog training was that easy, we'd all be out of business as dog trainers, right? If it just took simply out of thin air, just making sounds out of our mouths towards our dogs a couple of times saying a word, and they're just going to inherently understand that in all contexts, in all environments, and with all levels of distraction, I would dare I say that our expectations are way, way too high. Skyscraper too high. So the first thing I do is I urge people to take responsibility. It is in your control to help your dog, train your dog, manage your dog, and guide your dog for better outcomes. Blaming the dog is not only unfair, it is ineffective for your training, and it's just not what's going on. It's not what's going on. We need to take responsibility for our dog's behavior and their training and work on committing to how to help them do better and help them understand what we are asking of them. A good thing to remember is your dog isn't a genius. They're also not dumb, which people sometimes say as well. But your dog's not dumb and your dog is not a genius either but it's up to us to guide them we're their pet parents we need to show them the way i do think just a sidebar i think that a lot of these high expectations and people just presuming that their dogs should know these things or inherently obey um and things of that nature really i think psychologically at some level it it may be stemming at least some of it may be stemming from this eager to please myth that goes around that dogs are eager to please and they're here to please us and they're eager to do so Uh, dogs are not here to please us they are not trying to please you when they do things they're just chasing reinforcement Chasing some form of affection, attention, access, food, toys, praise, petting. They are animals, right? We're all motivated by something. There's always a motivation. So please don't think that your dogs are just here to please you. Do they love us and want to spend time with us and like being around us and like working with us? Absolutely. 
especially if you're training them, and primarily if you're training them with positive reinforcement, right? And they want to be around you and they want to do stuff, but it doesn't, dogs are not born and they come with some trait that's to please human beings. That's just not in their DNA. It's not a thing. Don't worry about it. Yes, your dog loves you and they want to at some level have a good experience when they're doing things with you, but it is not this how do I please my pet parent thing. Uh, so don't worry about that. But I do think that this, this, um, these high expectations, I think some of it may stem from that. I really do because when people think that dogs are here to please and that they should be pleasing us at some capacity and at some level rather, it's, you know, it can be, um, we're feeding into that a little bit. Okay, so let's cover some of the reasons why dogs, quote, don't listen. Let's go through the list together. So I'm going to essentially go over human behavior because that's the one of the biggest variables in success in dog training. But some of the things that people are doing that you should avoid doing, and on the other side of that, that will also help you guys realize what you should be doing instead. So you're going to get both ends of that. So one thing I notice people do is we are, as humans too demanding, too frustrated, and too impatient, which again leads to us having too high of expectations in that regard. So instead of being too impatient or frustrated or demanding with your dog, take a step back. One really useful tool I give to clients is I will give them a three-second rule or a breathe in, breathe out rule kind of thing. So if they're going to ask their dog, if they're going to verbally cue them or gesture to them to perform a behavior, then I will ask them to take a deep breath, essentially making three seconds or so of time go by before we think about repeating or re-gesturing again to the dog. So we'll say something like, you know, Freddie, down. good boy, right? So we take a second, breathe, relax, don't stress. Your dog needs you to be patient with them. Just like if we're teaching anybody something new, especially in a language they don't understand on their own, right, without help, then, you know, we need to be patient teachers for our dogs. So implement that three-second rule or the breathe in, breathe out. So when you cue your dog to do a behavior, make sure you're being clear and say it one time, gesture at one time, and give your dog a few moments to think about it and collect themselves before we move on to the next thing. A couple of other things to keep in mind. Here are some other reasons why dogs are having some trouble. Another thing is we are too boring, (laughs) So if your dog is in the yard and you are at the back door, you, they've been in the yard and you just randomly appear at the back door and you go, trooper, come, come on, trooper, let's go inside, let's go, come on. Or you're on a walk trying to redirect them off of something or trying to move along and get away from a trigger. If you have a leash reactive dog and we're like, 
really not sounding happy or really not sounding excited or animated, your dog is going to have a really hard time listening. So if you're trying to call your dog and you sound like this and you're like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, it's going to, your dog's not going to care for the most part. Some might, but you are a lucky, lucky human being if that's the case. So really try Instead of sounding boring, sound animated, sound excited, sound interesting. If you want your dog to be interested in you, sound interesting. So use your body, you know, um, not only your tone of voice matters, but your body language matters. They are watching you more than they're listening. So use your verbal, yes, especially for coming when called type of behaviors, but you do want to use your body, clap your hands, run in the opposite direction, dance around, whatever, but get your dog's attention. And being boring is not going to help your case when you're trying to get your dog to hear you out. I know I just covered this a moment ago in the three second rule, like breathe in, breathe out thing, but I just think this deserves to be said on its own. People are too repetitive and we need to avoid doing that. Try to avoid saying sit 12 times in the matter of three seconds. Try to avoid saying come more than a few times when your dog hasn't even turned to look and see if you're alive back there. Try to get your dog's attention first. So just avoid being too repetitive. I'm super impatient in my real life at times and you know, it's something I'm always working on. I'm super patient with the dogs and my clients, but I can be a little impatient in my day-to-day life sometimes. And so I totally relate. We all kind of want things as soon as possible, but it's imperative for your dog training success that you, again, take a step back and really try your hardest to not over-verbalize, over-vocalize, repeat cues and things of that nature because you will become like Charlie Brown's teacher and no one wants to sound like that. So, and your dog will certainly stop listening. So really try to make your words have value in the best way you can. Lastly, and probably one of the most important factors in why dogs are not listening well is people are being too inconsistent. So we can't practice something once or twice or even five to 10 times and think that our dogs are now set for life in every context to do that behavior. Again, too high of an expectation, not realistic, and not setting our dogs up for success. We also can't be inconsistent in not only our practice of it, but in our reward system, our reinforcement system. So we can't reinforce something once or twice and then expect our dogs to want to continue to do it. Every dog needs motivation. And back to my earlier point, they are not going off of just simply wanting to please us. So we need to give them motivation in the form of high value food rewards, playtime, toys, access to people, places, and things etc. So we need to make sure that we're also being consistent with having a good reinforcement history and how you build a good reinforcement history is by having a history of reinforcement. So we need to really, really, really make sure we are paying our dogs for the job we want them to continue to show up for, guys. 
No one's going to show up to work if they get paid one week or one day and then they no longer get paid and they just get slaps on the back and the attaboy. You know, we need... We need reinforcement, as do our dogs. So think of food rewards or any other rewards that your dog likes as a form of paychecks and make sure that we are paying up consistently, especially in the beginning. But I still reward my dogs for a slew of behaviors all the time. So, you know, a good dog trainer is going to continuously find ways of reinforcing their dogs. And that means you as a pet parent should also be following suit in that regard. I think one of the best ways to ensure you're not setting too high of expectations and to more so make sure that you have realistic expectations with your dog is to always strive to set your dog up for success. A good way to do that, especially when you're working with your dog on new behaviors or you're refreshing a behavior that you think needs to be a little bit stronger or have a better outcome, is you want to practice that behavior in a no distraction environment. So like your quiet living room, and then you move up to low distraction, moderate distraction, high distraction, and very high distraction. Those are kind of the buckets I would think of. And you want to slowly work your way up the chain in that fashion. You want to avoid practicing a few times in a low distraction environment, and then all of a sudden you're in a very high distraction environment and you're asking your dog to perform that behavior. It is going to be too hard for most dogs. So let's go back to our coming when called example. Practice in the house. When your dog comes, I want you to heavily praise them and heavily reward them with some food rewards. Practice a couple minutes a day. And when your dog is about 80 to 90% reliable in that environment and in those types of contexts, then you work up to low or moderate distraction. And then you work up to high and very high. So you shouldn't be expecting your dog to do it at the level up if they're not very good, a B plus or A student, if you will, at the level that you're currently working on. I want your dog to be able to comply eight to nine times out of 10 before you go on to the next level of difficulty. Now, if your dog's coming really good inside the house and you now are going over your friend's house and they're going to be in the yard or you're going out and meeting them at a park once all this social distancing stuff's over, when you're going out and about again, and your dog, you know your dog is not at that 8 to 9 out of 10, they're not at 80, 90% of coming when called in that context, then you need to use proper management. So in that type of context, if you know your dog's going to have trouble coming when called because you're outside now or in a new place outside, then put them on a leash, put them on a long line, a long leash, 10, 15, 20. I mean, they have them up to, I think, 100 feet. So get one. And that way, if you need your dog to come back to you, you can just kind of rely more on the leash and helping them kind of reel them in or walk off with them or whatever. But at least you have a leash, right? So the leash is now your management plan. So you're not relying on your dog to comply with a skill that you know they're unable to do in that context just yet. Anyway, you're going to work up to that. If you want to know more about how to use proper management for all sorts of training stuff, 
check out episode three of this podcast that goes all over that goes over all of the management stuff. So if your dog is having trouble and you feel like your expectations might be a little bit high, here are a couple questions to consider. Have I legitimately practiced this enough? Have I rewarded it heavily enough? Have I considered the distraction levels when I ask my dog to do the cue? Have I been practicing proper management when I know they'll have some trouble? Do I encourage my dog enough? And have I set them up to succeed? If you can honestly answer no to any of those questions, well, then you know where you need to make some adjustments, which is a good thing. So I hope this has brought you some value. I hope this helps all of you have more realistic expectations for your dogs. For more tips, tricks, and cute dog pics, which we all love, check us out on all of our social platforms. We are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Pinterest, all at From Dusk Till Dog. And as they say, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, your attention means so much to me. If any of you got any value from this, please like, subscribe, share, and leave me a review. After all, dog trainers need positive reinforcement too.